Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Galactic Republic, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and various mercenary factions vie for control of the galaxy in a seemingly never-ending conflict known as the Clone Wars. Caught in the middle of this epic struggle, the Jedi Knights strive to maintain order and civility in a deadly game that is being manipulated by the Dark Lords of the Sith. From the war-torn front lines, Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their dedicated team of analysts emerge as voices of truth and stability in these dark and deceptive times. Hey there, Frontlines fans. Uh, we come to you today with Sad tidings, but I. Uh, she's, I guess, is sort of inevitable news that the Clone Wars is in fact winding down, and uh, and and is is coming to a close. Um, we've been speculating back and forth for the last couple weeks that it could in fact uh, be done, and today, this morning, uh, on Monday, March eleventh. 2013 we got the news from Lucasfilm on their site that Clone Wars is is coming to an end I uh, now I said it on the Facebook group and I'll say it here uh, that I uh, it, it's it's a it's a sad thing and I, there's a lot of negative feelings around it uh, first off everybody needs to be respectful I uh, the, the the series is coming to an end but that doesn't mean that we're mad at Lucasfilm or Lucas animation or anybody associated I uh, there, there's some things being said in, in the group that they're a little bit you know what they're a little bit tinged with the dark side I think they're coming from emotional places and uh, and everybody needs to just take a step back and recognize recognize what what's what's going on here uh, it, it's the end of an era uh, we have been living in the prequel era for the last decade or so uh, a little bit longer 14 years this may uh, since the prequels came out first the, the first prequel so we've been living within that world and uh, and and the Clone Wars has been a very big part of that world and it's continued to bring us excellent excellent Star Wars. Uh, on a weekly basis, we're very we're we're critical uh, around here at Frontlines. Uh, it's kind of our job uh, to analyze and uh, and dissect these episodes. But I just want to say, sort of in the twilight of 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 the Clone Wars of this adventure, uh, that even as we've been critical of some episodes, this show has been the greatest animated series ever put on TV. Uh, and and it's going to continue to be in these in these final moments. Um, with that said, 
we're not going anywhere. Frontlines will be around. I, we certainly have some stuff left to cover. Uh, it looks like we're going to be getting the Anakin uh, Rush Clovis arc. Uh, it looks like we're going to be getting some episodes that are already in production. They're going to finish those up. They're going to release those. Uh, it's, they're, they're being a little bit cagey as to how we're going to get those. Uh, bonus content is one word that's been used. So whether that's on the Blu-rays, uh, on, on the Season 5 Blu-ray, or if that is in a standalone Blu-ray set, we don't know. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. And and obviously, as soon as we know anything here at Frontlines, we will let you guys know. But uh, more importantly than that, the mention of a new Star Wars series. And let me open up the page so that I can quote this directly. Uh, a new Star Wars series is in the works. And this new Star Wars series, uh, let's see, as it says here, we are exploring a whole new Star Wars series set in a time period previously untouched in Star Wars films or television programming. Uh, you can expect more details in the months to come. So, I mean, for my money, what I'm going to say is we're looking at, uh, as I said in our, in our last episode, something bridging the gap between Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, and Episode 7. Uh, I think that's what we can expect. Possibly we'll see some some stuff from the uh, from the the old republic, some some old Jedi stuff. Uh, who knows? But uh, obviously, as soon as that information becomes available, we will be more than happy to share that with you guys. Uh, our thoughts and opinions will be all over the place on the site on. Uh, on iTunes, uh, in podcast form, on Google and Google Hangout form. So uh, with that, stay tuned to the site because uh, Matt and I are planning on on having a discussion, sort of opening up a bit of a forum to uh, to talk about this, uh, to talk about this news. Uh, so so like I said, keep your eyes open. Uh, it could be something as soon as later this week, uh, but. I just wanted to jump on, um, as we said last week, we've got our previous Google Hangout, our first Google Hangout, that we wanted to release the audio for. So um, so I'll play that for you guys in a second. So there will be, in fact, an episode this week. Uh, our opinions are very dated. This this uh, Google Hangout occurred following the, the season finale uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, or a week or so ago. Uh, so I, uh, there's a lot of speculation as to what's going to happen with the Clone Wars. There's a lot of opinions. Obviously, those opinions and speculation uh, have some answers now. So just bear with us. Uh, this is a time portal into the past. Um, Matt and I, along with hopefully some special guests, will be, will be by soon to tell you guys all about uh, what we think. And, uh, and as soon as we get some info about this new series, we'll let you know what our plans are there. Uh, but like I said, we're not going anywhere. Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, is here to stay. Uh, we may change. Uh, the format might shift a little bit. We might, we might start doing something else. But, uh, but Matt and I, you can rest assured, 
will be around. And of course, there's always the saga continues with Tim and Kyle. Uh, and, and you know, there are so many great Star Wars podcasts out there. So uh, everybody's kind of in this together, and I think we're all reacting to the news in the in in very similar ways. Uh, so you you should head out there and uh, let everybody know that you're that you're a fan of Star Wars by listening to some Star Wars podcasts. Uh, I would implore everybody to jump over to the Facebook page for Star Wars and for Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and leave your thoughts. Um, but but I ask, as as uh, as sort of the uh, I don't know, as an ambassador for the fan community, I ask that you guys head over there, and when you do leave your thoughts, um, let them know how much you love the Clone Wars. Let's keep the negativity out of it. Let's keep the 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 bad thoughts out of it, and let's just focus on the positive. We have had five seasons of the best animated television. In history, uh, it's just—it's been an awesome ride from from uh, August of 2008 up until now, and uh, and and the the ride's gonna keep going for a little while longer. And it's you know what? It's just like when they shut down Star Tours. They may have shut down Star Tours, but then they opened up a bright, shiny new Star Tours, and that's where we're at right now. So, just bear with Lucasfilm, bear with Lucas Animation for a little bit. Uh, it's going to be a bit bumpy, a bit rocky. It's obviously not what we were anticipating. Uh, I don't think it's an ideal situation for anybody, but let's not make it worse by getting upset at the people who have worked so hard to produce amazing television for us and who have kept Star Wars alive for the last five years. I mean, Dave Filoni's been working on this for eight years and, uh, and, and he should be thanked and applauded for his contributions to the saga. Um, I firmly believe that we are getting episodes seven, eight, and nine in very large part to the great job done by the crew of, of Star Wars the Clone Wars and as such we need to we need to treat them with the proper respect so I don't want to hear any negativity I don't want to hear any you can be sad uh, but as I said on the Facebook group we need to be mournful uh, but more importantly we need to be thankful uh, and you know uh, to quote Princess Leia it's not over yet so let's uh Let's buckle up and get ready for some more adventures in the galaxy far, far away. And uh, and until then, enjoy this audio from our uh, season finale, Google Hangout. And as I said, stay tuned to CloneWarsPodcast.com, Facebook.com slash CloneWarsPodcast, and Twitter.com slash CloneWars for news on, uh, on, on what you'll hear from us next. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Thanks everybody out there for being an awesome audience and for joining us on this adventure uh, that has been the Clone Wars and will continue to be the Clone Wars. And uh, may the Force be with you.
Hi, everybody. We are uh, we're broadcasting live from various parts of all over the place. Uh, this is the front lines. Star Wars: The Saga continues. Uh, Clone Wars season five finale podcast broadcast YouTube Google Hangout thing. <laughs> I like the uh, I like to have ex- exceptionally long titles. Um, I'm your host. The the always host, I guess. I don't know the the most of the time host. I Michael Cohen from Frontlines the Clone Wars podcast. For anybody who's watching, because they're watching, because they listen to uh, the saga continues. Uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Yep, uh, I'm Kyle. I'm the host of the saga continues. Started working on Frontlines with Mike a couple of years ago, writing recaps and stuff, and then. Uh, when they announced they were doing Star Wars Episode Seven, I grabbed Tim and said, hey, let's start our own podcast about that. So here we are now. Hey, everyone. I'm Tim, and I'm the other co-host of The Saga Continues and also the news writer for Frontlines, uh, CloneWarsPodcast.com. So just excited to be talking about the season finale. <laughs> it's great. Cool. Uh, Matt, my co-host from Frontlines, will also be here soon. Uh, he's he's uh, running a little bit behind, but we're uh, it's expected. He's not he's not late. We knew that he was going to be a little bit behind, but uh, he'll be here soon, and, and he'll just jump in when he gets here. Um, but I uh, let's I uh, jeez, let's just cut right to the chase. <laughs> I, holy smokes! Ridiculous! Insane! That season finale was crazy. That was that is my number one season finale now. Um, for those who don't know, the season finale of the Clone Wars aired earlier this morning. Um, for those of us in Canada, it aired last night. Uh, so I've had I've had a while to sit with it. You guys are probably still pretty rocked by it, eh? Kind of. Um, I mean, you know, we were talking about it a little bit before we went live with this thing, and like I said then, I, I wasn't too surprised by it, just because some of this stuff I've been kind of thinking about all week, and a lot of it kind of played out similar to how I expected it to, so there was nothing in, in there that really just came out of nowhere and shocked me, but at the same time, I think it was still all really well done, and uh, yeah, like you said, that's got to rank as like probably the best season finale, just because of like the implications it has for the series, for the Star Wars universe. I mean, this is obviously sort of the biggest thing they've done on the series in terms of like changing the status quo and you know future seasons going on from now. Obviously, it's not gonna, you're not going to have the same dynamic of like Anakin, Obi Wan, and Ahsoka running around together doing Jedi stuff. So, uh, yeah, it'll be cool to see where they go from there. But definitely, it was a great episode. Yeah, I agree. I mean, kind of like Kyle, I wasn't too surprised with everything that happened, mainly because I got spoiled by a recent issue of Star Wars Insider that came to my uh, mailbox two days before and had pictures of showing Barris <laughs> fighting Anakin, Ahsoka walking away from the temple. Like, oh, great. But um, how everything played out, like you said, Kyle, which is awesome. I mean, that last sequence between Anakin and Ahsoka, which is almost kind of hard to watch a little bit. <laughs> it just kind of made you a little depressed and sad <laughs> after it ended. And just the music how, on the end credit sequence which is different from how the show. It's like a real somber moment there. There's just a real different way to end the show, and this it's not going to be the same after this episode, that's for sure. Yeah, I yeah, uh, so spoiler alert, I uh, just just so everybody's really clear. If you don't want to be spoiled on the season finale, uh, you shouldn't be listening to anything that we're saying right now. Um, so I'm just going to give everybody a second to 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 jump off if the, but I think everybody knows that already that we're going to be talking about the season finale. So um, 
for those who haven't seen it, because I know that we have a lot of listeners, we have a lot of viewers that uh, that are in other places all over the world, so they don't quite get they don't get it as quickly as as we do. Um, so what ended up happening was that Ahsoka, uh, after she was captured last week, was brought before the Jedi Council. The Jedi, essentially the Republic, uh, uh, specifically Tarkin and the Chancellor, forced them to expel Ahsoka from the Jedi uh, from the Jedi Order, so she was expelled, so that she could be put on trial by the Republic, and so she's put on trial. And while that happens, Anakin goes to try and catch Asajj in order to figure out what's going on, and eventually finds out that Barriss Sophie is is the the actual culprit, and uh, and and manages to save the day. Uh, sort of right at the at the literal last second, they're right about to hand down the judgment, and uh, and and he shows up with Barris to uh, to have her confess, and uh, and and so everybody kind of apologizes to Ahsoka, the council. They say, you know we've made a huge mistake, um, and they offer her the opportunity to come back to the Jedi Order, and she says no. Um, and, and what was just an incredible moment because right until the last second, I, maybe not for you so much, Tim, but right until the last second, they really played with it, um, as to whether or not she was going to, to join or not like to, to rejoin the Jedi or not. And, uh, and she ends up, she ends up walking away from the Jedi and, uh, for those who are worried that we're not going to get a season six there's pretty much no way that we can't have a season six now. Uh, this is, this is a very, very big string to leave sort of just dangling in the wind, uh, as to like, this is not, there's no finality to it. Uh, had Ahsoka died, that would be one thing. But since Ahsoka has left the Jedi order, um, it's really unclear as to, what the situation is going to be going forward. Um, I still think that, that her and Asajj will link up again and, uh, and, and sort of go off on their own to do their own thing. Um, I, and I don't think it's the last that we'll see of her. Not by a long shot. Um, she'll be around, but, but yeah, it's very interesting way to end things off a very interesting uh, twist to that character's story arc, and uh, it's huge. Uh, I, I think this is probably the biggest thing that they've done for the continuity uh, of of the Clone Wars itself since the show started. Um, oh, yeah, they've definitely, definitely done things that have retconned books and comics and all that sort of thing. But as far as like the main continuity, and uh, I mean, the only other thing that I could think would be as big it was the initial introduction of Ahsoka into the series. So uh, what what do you guys think is going to happen moving forward? Uh, Tim, what, what's your, what's your best guess? Yeah. For me, there's like several ways that it can go for Ahsoka. Like you said, maybe she can go team up with Asajj or maybe she'll actually, I was thinking, try to find Lux again, maybe do something with him. You said he was going to mm-hmm. join the Senate of the Republic now, but maybe she'll try to seek him out on Onderon or something. So, those are two possibilities I'm thinking maybe she'll go with. 
All right. What about you, Kyle? What do you think? Oh, man, there's like so many different possibilities going through my head right now. I don't know. I mean, first of all, when you said that, um, you know, like they have to have a season six now because this is a big loose thread. On the other hand, I mean, if this did end up being the last season for some reason, I would be kind of satisfied with this ending just because like the biggest character that they've introduced just for this show at least we kind of finally have some closure on her. I mean, obviously, like you said, there's still more more we can see from here, um, you know, more they can do with the character, but we now have an explanation for why she's not Anakin's Padawan in Revenge of the Sith. Um, so if you were to go right into Revenge of the Sith from here, there's not that giant lingering question of like, well, what happens to Ahsoka? It's like, well, we don't know exactly what happens to her, but we know why she's not there. So at least that's explained. Um, but, you know, I definitely hope they do it another season or more and um yeah it'd be cool to see ahsoka like you said i thought maybe we'd see her team up with ventures again at some point um or you know see her with lux or you know just kind of doing her own thing i definitely think she's probably not going to be as much of a prominent character um and i kind of hope she's not especially i kind of hope they give this like a little bit of time to breathe like i hope we don't just jump into season six and immediately ahsoka do off doing something else i kind of want to see um maybe a little bit more of a focus on sort of what we expected of the Clone Wars before Ahsoka showed up, which was like Anakin and Obi-Wan off on big adventures and, you know, just some cool big battles. And, you know, we still haven't really seen a good space battle for a full episode. And, um, you know, maybe seen a little bit more of uh, Ahsoka or Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship and Anakin and Padme's relationship just because they've been, you know, spending so much time focusing on Ahsoka. But, um, yeah, I, I do think we'll see her show up again at some point and uh, it'll be interesting to see you know, kind of what's, what kind of stories they continue to tell there. It almost seems like she could like get her own spinoff series off of this kind of showing her like what her life after the Jedi order, just showing her like maybe traveling, trying to find her way, meeting up with different characters. I mean, like you said, there's so many endless possibilities they can do with this now as far as her spinoff movies. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one thing that we're going to see, uh, and I, and I think a, a lot of what happened in this arc points towards that is uh, I, I think we're going to see Ahsoka show up in 1313. I think that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen a lot of 1313, but there's there were a lot of assets shared back and forth. Um, those gunships, I'm pretty sure, came from 1313, the new ones. Um, I, I, I'd almost guarantee we'll see the design of the, the sort of the Coruscant Underworld police in 1313. Um, so I think, I think the next time that we see Ahsoka, uh, will probably be at E3 and it will probably be as part of that video game. Um, that maybe that's just wishful thinking, but well, you know, that's a possibility because it would make sense. Yeah. I went to the panel for that back at, uh, C6 and they did say that they, I mean, even though the stuff they showed looked really impressive and pretty polished, they said they're still pretty early in development. Mm -hmm. And they, they hinted something about certain characters that you see in the trailers, little gameplay clips that they've shown so far, that those might be placeholder characters for the actual characters that you're, that they're not ready to reveal yet. And of course, you know, they're talking about it being about a bounty hunter and stuff like that. And I kind of automatically assumed, oh, well, then maybe, you know, the main character is going to be a younger Boba Fett and they just don't want to tell us yet. But, yeah, I mean, if it ends up being about Ahsoka and Ventress, um, especially now that Ventress doesn't have her lightsabers anymore, um, you know, there might be some force powers involved, but they could be, you know, totally, like, on their own, sort of dependent on, I guess, more mortal means, if you want to say, from, you know, their usual Jedi and Sith tricks that they're used to. 
Um, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect to see them as playable characters. I think that we're gonna get a, a new character, much like when the Force Unleashed came out. We got we got Star Killer as a new character added into the continuity. So I, I think that what we'll see is uh, is a completely new and original character, similar to what we've seen. But that, like I think what they're saying is that that design's not final. Um, but I think that it, through their adventures, much like Shakti shows up in The Force Unleashed, that right. we'll have uh, we'll have uh, Ahsoka show up at some point. Um, just as uh, like sort of an older Ahsoka, hopefully voiced by Ashley Eckstein. Uh, it, but you know, it, this is this is all complete speculation, and we'll yeah, have to wait yeah. and see. And I mean, that, that's possible too. But they definitely sounded like when they said that they they kind of made it sound like either playable characters in the game or some like major characters that show up as part of the story are like characters that you've seen before that we just don't want to reveal yet. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, I assumed it was Boba Fett or maybe Cad Bane, but if it ends up factoring in Ahsoka Adventures too, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna. I just want to read a tweet off because because uh, we got it. We got a tweet from Jimmy NGA uh, at Jimmy NGA, uh, and he says that was an epic season finale, uh, and he's hashtagging with the uh, with the hashtag Frontlines Hangout. So. Uh, if you guys, if any of you guys watching, uh, we have we have a, a, a massive seven viewers right now. Um, <laughs> if any of you guys watching us right now want to get in on the conversation, shoot us a, a quick message. You can do that uh, on Twitter. Just tweet us at Clone Wars with the hashtag Frontlines Hangout, uh, and uh, and and we'll read those out. We'll sort of add those add those into the conversation. Um, now let's just go back to let's talk about this whole arc. Uh, what is what's what's the standout moment for you in in this whole Ahsoka arc, uh, Kyle? Um, man, I well, I, I think I would still have to say maybe my favorite episode in this arc. I mean, it's kind of tough between this one because obviously it's you know has so many big implications and stuff. But I still love the second episode in the arc, uh, the Jedi knew too much. Um, and ironically, that's kind of an ironic episode title because Ahsoka gets in trouble in that episode, but she never actually finds out too much. It's like Led is about to tell her what's going on and then dies. But, um, I mean, just that whole, like, second half of the episode, the chase sequence where, you know, the clones are chasing her through the base and then she's outside in the rain. And, I mean, I love that shot where the gunships are following her and, like, it pulls up right alongside her and the door slides open and the clones start shooting at her. I mean, it was I know, so intense. And, um... I just thought that whole episode was great. But, I mean, if you're thinking about one particular moment from the whole series, or, you know, from the whole story arc, I mean, just that moment at the end when uh, when Anakin's, you know, following Ahsoka out of the Jedi Temple and they have that last exchange. And, I mean, the music there is perfect. The lighting is perfect. I mean, just the way they framed it with, you know, I mean, they, they make it seem so small with, like, you just see Ahsoka by herself walking. You've got, like, these huge pillars outside the Jedi Temple, and it really makes it seem like she's just, you know, there by herself. Um, and you know, just the lighting and the animation and everything was just so perfect. And then when they finally have that conversation, I mean, I love that moment when, um, you know, right there at the end when Ahsoka is like, I have to do this on my own. And you know, the Jedi council doesn't trust me and blah, blah, blah. And Anakin says something like, you know, Hey, I, I 
understand wanting to walk away from the Jedi like more than you realize. And she just says, I know, and turns and walks away. And I'm like, holy crap, she's probably like known this whole time that he was with Padme and um I don't know. That that yeah, I think that one's hard to beat. I mean it's kinda of seems like the obvious choice just because that's, you know, the big twist at the end of the episode, but that was you know, that's gotta be one of the best moments of the whole series for me. Yeah, that was a that was a really great reveal right there at the end. Um that that Ahsoka is actually sort of privy to the to the knowledge that Anakin and Padme are a thing. I and I it, I thought that was a brilliant twist of writing to have him sort of say, look, I, I know what it's like to want to leave the order. I understand what you're saying. And, and for her to respond, like you said, just with the, I know, um, and to walk away and the look yeah. on Anakin's face. I mean, you have to give it up to these animators that work so hard on this show. Definitely. Yeah. They, yeah. they conveyed so much emotion uh, as subtext in in these episodes, and uh, and I think it's with these ones and the, with the previous arc with Darth Maul and uh, and the Mandalorians. Um, I'm thinking specifically with with Obi Wan um, in in the the last episode of the arc. Um, they've just really they've stepped up the the level of facial animation and just performance. And it's always been great. It's always been awesome. Uh, even you go back to season one and and everything's really solid and it's really good. But with these last few episodes, it's it's sort of been a completely different game. Like it's it, they they've they've stepped it up to a degree that those characters emote as much as any flesh and blood actor. And that's really that's something to be commended. I mean that that's a that's a huge thing. There's not a lot of computer animated shows that can do that that have that level of of quality in their animation. But the Clone Wars every week seems to just get better and better and better and better. So uh, yeah. so that that's a, I, I I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, what about what about yeah. you, Tim? What's your favorite moment? As far as favorite moment out of this arc, I'd probably have to go with uh, kind of what Kyle said in the second episode, that whole clone chase sequence with Ahsoka. And that was just amazing. I just love that whole sequence, how it played out. But another sequence that stuck out for me really was um, in the beginning of this episode, actually, where we kind of saw the proceedings of how the Jedi go about kind of expelling a member. I mean, we heard about it ever since episode two, where Obi-Wan says, you'll be expelled from the Jedi Order if you mm-hmm. don't go after Duke and say Padme. But now we kind of saw how it all works out. I mean, just what I'm curious about, too, is those uh, Jedi guards that are there kind of guarding them with those sabers that they have. I'm just really curious to see what those guys are all about. But I thought it was just really interesting to see how the Jedi goes about expelling one of the members where the guards actually pulls off Ahsoka's uh, uh, Padawan braid from her. And just, I just found that real interesting. It was kind of neat to see. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that, that was my favorite moment, was the, the moment when that guard just walks up they say you're expelled from the Jedi Order. She doesn't even have a chance to respond, and that guard walks up and just pulls the braid. I mean, she has the beads because of her horns, but uh, they just rips it off, and it like I had to stop. Like I think it went to commercial break pretty quick after that, but like I kind of had to stop and just 
digest that for a second because it was like, holy crap, like they just did that. That just happened. And it's not so much that she was expelled, but it's like it was it was really forceful, right? Like it was really like you don't have a say in this, you don't have a choice, uh, you don't get any sort of rebuttal. They've already like Anakin says, you've already made your decision. Um and and they, to just pull the braid off and say you're not a Jedi anymore. Um that to me really sets up the end of the episode where where she says, No, I I'm I'm not a Jedi anymore. Like they, it's 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 clear to her that they after everything that she's been through over the course of those four episodes, she can't she can't trust them. She can't trust herself. She can't trust anybody. Um, so she's got to go and she's got to figure things out for herself. Which I think I, I mean not to toot my own horn too much, but back at the beginning of the season, back at, at Celebration, uh, when we first started seeing this stuff, when we first started seeing hints of what was going to happen, that was my immediate instinct, was that, look, they could, they could turn her to the dark side, they could kill her, they could do a, a bunch of different things, uh, her and Anakin could fight at whatever, but the most logical thing to me was don't get rid of the character, just change the character to the point where she won't be influenced by Order 66. She won't be influenced by the events of Revenge of the Sith directly. Um, so I, th- I think what we'll, what we'll see is is that the fallout from these moments. I, I think that we'll see a little bit of it still during the Clone Wars, um, I think the idea of her her matching up with uh, with Lux at some point because um, they've they've developed that character a great deal as well. He's gone from from a very basic generic character, just you know, oh, it's a, it's a boy that's around Ahsoka's age, so I guess they're friends kind of mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, and and with definitely with the Andron arc, they showed that that character can be much more interesting than that um and and i think that there's room for them to bring him back i think there's there's room for for asajj to to join back up with with ahsoka because that was one of my other standout moments in this episode um when anakin confronts asajj and and asajj says you know i your padawan and i aren't aren't so different anymore and he was like don't you dare say that and he was like no my master abandoned me and you abandoned your padawan so you know how how is it different what she's going through is the same thing that i'm going through so i think that there's a like what they're saying is these two characters are in the exact same place emotionally at the exact same time it would be silly not to have them meet up with one another oh yeah well, I mean, of course, but in this arc, we've already seen them meet up and sort of come to that realization in the first place. But yeah, it would be cool to see them, you know, together again at some point. I think also, I think they're in a good position to help each other deal with it, though, and to yeah, figure yeah. out because they're both on a quest now to figure out where they belong in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. In, in this galaxy at war, so they they need to to 
to both go on sort of that that spiritual journey and um and i think it would be great for both characters to do that uh, i think ahsoka up until now has been very one-sided in her thought process good is good and that's good and uh, and asajj was very tormented and and abused really into the into the position that she was in um and like i said last season at, at the end of that season um they've managed to make asajj ventress who was a very one-dimensional character uh not particularly interesting with the exception of, i'm told the comics uh she's a little bit more interesting in there but really a very flat character and they've made her relatable and they've made her uh, a character that you can really care about. And so uh, it would, I, I think it would be a great asset to, to the star Wars universe to explore that story a little bit more and to use those two characters together. Yeah. I kind of hope it goes a little bit better for Ventress too. Cause I mean, you were talking about before how you thought she was kind of flat and one dimensional and stuff. I mean, I've kind of always liked her just as the bad guy and as, you know, Dooku's assassin. And I liked her in the comics and the Clone Wars micro series and stuff. And then in this series, once, um, you know, once we got the night sisters arc in season three and she kind of started going off on a different path. Um, then I thought, you know, Oh, she's even more interesting now. Um, and then of course, you know, last season you see her as a bounty hunter and she's off on her own. And in, in Star Wars, you know, bounty hunting always gets played up as sort of like this glorious thing, you know, Boba Fett's got like the cool armor and the cool ship and all that kind of stuff. But in this episode, I mean, you see Ventress, she's gotten her lightsaber stolen. She's, you know, living in the slums of Coruscant. I'm like, it doesn't look very fun for, you know, someone who's supposed to be this cool bounty hunter. It's like, I hope next time we see her, she's maybe in a little bit better shape, but I know we'll see. One thing I wanted to ask you guys, I don't know if you thought this in that end sequence where the Jedi were kind of telling Soka she's welcome back to the Jedi Order. Um, I was kind of expecting uh, Mace Windu to kind of say what he was talking about, you passed the trial, you did well, that he was actually going to make her a Jedi Knight and no longer a Padawan. That would kind of been more like a, where she'd be torn in her decision as far as leaving the Order, which would become a full Jedi Knight. But he never really said that, but I kind of thought that's where it was going. Did you guys get that impression at all? Yeah, that went through my head for a second when he when he mentioned that about um, you know how this has been a great trial for you, and I think either him or Kiati Mundi or somebody says something like you know you passed this with the uh, you know maturity that only a Jedi Knight could or something like that. Um, and it's funny because when the show started, one of the possibilities I thought of for you know where they could go with Ahsoka was like you know well they could make her a Jedi Knight by the end of it. But at the beginning of the show, I was really opposed to that idea. I was like, she's only 14. You know, the Clone Wars is only supposed to last like three and a half years or something in like the established timeline. And I was like, you know, by the end of that, she's like 17. Anakin became a Jedi Knight at like 20, 21, something like that. And he was supposedly kind of young for that. Um, so I was like, if they make Ahsoka a Jedi Knight by the end of the series, I will be, you know, really not okay with that. And watching this story arc, I was like, you know what? I think by this point I would be okay with that if they did that by the end just because, you know, you see how much she has to go through in this arc to try to prove her innocence and everyone's against her and everything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I kind of saw it coming, the whole thing where I thought Anakin was going to, like, clear her name by the end of the episode and then she was still just going to decide to walk away from the Jedi because they hadn't trusted her. But, yeah, for a second when Mace Windu said that, I was like, oh, are they actually going to go with the whole Jedi Knight? route and you know ended up not going that way but i thought it was interesting that they at least brought it up yeah i i got the distinct impression that she was going to be made a knight uh in that moment that that's what they were saying to her um but then when anakin goes to hand her back her braid it was it was uh 
I don't know if that was just a gesture. Like it, it, it's still, it's kind of open. I think that you could still consider that, that, that they were saying, look, you're, you've, this has been your trial. This has been your great trial. And now you like, you dealt with it as any Jedi would. Um, so, you know, you, you are a Jedi Knight. Um, I, I could see them ha- them having followed through on that sort of like on that wavelength, but um, but her saying no, I'm not coming back to the Jedi Order. Uh, I, I think that that changes it. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's difficult because they kind of left a lot of stuff up in the air. Um, I just, I'm just going to read a tweet from, uh, from Sarlacc pit podcast. We know, uh, that's, I think this one's coming from, from, uh, Chris specifically, uh, Chris Hothice planet for those of you who follow him on Facebook. And he says, blown away with this episode, seeing Ahsoka walking away at the end, just left me sitting there saying what now? And uh, so that's what we've been talking about, right? It's it's kind of it's a situation of what now. Um, just to go back to one thing that you said, Kyle, uh, that that the series was originally supposed to encompass this three year period. Um, I I don't I can't I can't exactly recall when it was said, but I recall someone saying something along the lines of it actually being five years. Um, and that oh, they, okay. they not like nobody came right out and said we changed the continuity, right? Like they never really mm-hmm. say that. They kind of just always pretend like, like they're not they're not changing the continuity. This is what the continuity always was. You guys just didn't get it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I know that if you crack open any Clone Wars book, it shows the three year period that the Clone Wars take place during. But I think that as they they did this series, they were going. Oh, this is this is gonna. We can't cram everything into a three-year period. Um, and that they actually like. I, I seem to recall somebody saying that. So, um, if anybody out there watching, or if you guys uh, recall anything like that, I just I. It's in the back of my head that that Dave Filoni said at some point, maybe at Star Wars Celebration or something similar, that I uh, that it's actually it actually takes place over five years that there's there's sort of the year um that the conflict starts which like right at the at the beginning of the battle of geonosis and then there's a three-year period in the middle which is what all of the books covered and then there was the year that revenge of the sith happens and it's sort of the beginning and end of the war um but I don't know. I, I might be off base. I might be imagining things. Might not yeah. be well, see, I, I haven't heard anything about a five-year time span of them stretching it or anything, but what I did hear somewhere, maybe it was in one of the books or something, was, um, I mean, originally it was, you know, like this three-and-a-half-year time span or whatever, and you've already got, like, all this material in there from the books and the comics and stuff before this series started. And I heard that that all basically kind of got condensed into, like, four months after the Battle of Geonosis. Because um, I think originally Anakin doesn't even become a Jedi Knight till like two years into the war, um, yeah. but I heard that like the events of the Clone Wars movie are supposed to take place like four months after the Battle of Geonosis, and anything within the existing EU Clone Wars that can fit with that just kind of got squeezed into like yeah you know, that four months between the Battle yeah. of Geonosis and the Clone Wars movie. Yep, 
if, if it's not true, I kind of hope it is five years, just for the sake of, like, for your own continuity, just to, for those who've read the comics and a lot of the books. There's a lot of cool Clone Wars stories in the Dark Horse comics. Just to make it all fit for your own personal continuity, it does make more sense to have it be five years with the show and, like, all the past stories that we've read in the comics. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm not too much too worried about the continuity and stuff, because also it's not like the show really follows a timeline all that much. It's not like you see an episode and they're like, you know, this happened this many months after the Battle of Geonosis, and this happened this many months after this episode, and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's kind of like, it all fits in there somewhere. You know, it all happened at some point during the Clone Wars, and as long as it's a cool story, I can kind of just accept that it goes somewhere in there. Yeah, plus since you think the Clone Wars is like over 100 episodes now, you think, well, that's a lot of stories to take place in that time period. But a lot of them are, broke, are put together in arcs, so it's not really yeah. too many different stories that are going on just in the show's time frame anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but another thing I thought was cool in this episode was, I mean, there's so much stuff, um, and I thought about this specifically when you guys were talking about that last scene where, uh, you know, Russell was talking to the council. Um, that was probably one of like three big moments in this scene that for me had like some big foreshadowing to Revenge of the Sith. Um, that was probably actually the least of the three, but it kind of, um, I don't know, showed like the, the council's maybe arrogance a little bit, um, you know, when they have to take Ahsoka back because she's been proven innocent and like Anakin and Plo Koon are apologizing to her and Mace Windu just kind of plays it off like, oh yeah, this was just like a big trial for you all along. And now you Typical Mace Windu. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, also- they uh, they kind of they kind of backpedaled there <laughs> in that yeah. moment. They went. We realize now that what actually happened was that this was your this was your trial, uh, and we're we're really sorry. We screwed up, but uh, but it was the will of the force, so we're we're cool with that. Are you cool with that? And <laughs> that was Ahsoka's moment of like, no, I'm not cool with that. Like, it's not okay what you guys did you know like that that's that's not acceptable and i don't take your apology and it i mean it really rang false to me watching it um so i would imagine that that ahsoka as the character uh in the middle of it would have been like this is so this is just such a a load Right, like I, yeah. I don't believe that that's how how you guys actually feel. Yeah, oh, no, that's, Matt joining us. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt too. I mean, it was kind of split. Yeah, right? I said there was like, hold up one sec, Kyle. I see his picture down there. Yeah, I see his picture, but we can't hear you, Matt. I'm here. You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we got yeah, we video can though. Hear you? Hey. All right, I figure I have to turn on my video here in a second. Okay. <laughs> will not be answered. Go ahead, Kyle. What were you going to say? Okay. No, um, you know, you're you're saying how the whole scene with the council just kind of didn't ring true, and that kind of felt like insincere. And for me, it was kind of split, like um, because, like I said, you've got like Anakin and Obi Wan and Plo Koon that did seem really sincere and were like apologizing to her, and then you've got like Yoda, who's kind of typical wise kind of, um, I don't know, speaking in riddles sometimes, I guess, if you want to say. Um, but, you know, Yoda kind of being his usual self. And then you've got Plo Koon, or uh, Mace Windu and Kiati Mundi and maybe Stacey Tin. I don't remember exactly what he said. But, um, you know, you just kind of have, like, on the other side of it, the guys that were like, oh, yeah, you know, this just kind of happened and sorry. But, yeah, like you said, it's kind of the will of the force and it was your trial and whatever. But, um, 
yeah, it was just kind of like for for all the times you hear about the Jedi being imperfect and them, you know, kind of serving themselves or how they've kind of fallen from where they're supposed to be. It's kind of moments like these that show like, well, maybe there's a little bit of truth to that. And also too, this being the big arc for Ahsoka, I thought it also really was some big stuff for Anakin too, because it just helps reaffirm the doubts he gets with the Jedi Council that he has in episode three. And all this is just kind of building that up, planting the seeds and that feeding that into him. So when it does actually happen in episode three, you can kind of understand it better why that he does distrust the Council so much because all these things that happen that we're seeing in the Clone Wars, and especially in this, this arc here, he probably really lost more trust in them with this, not believing in Ahsoka and all the things that you just mentioned, Kyle, with them kind of backpedaling and all that. Anakin probably has as much doubt as Ahsoka does now, too, probably. Oh, yeah, and I loved Anakin in this story. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know it was supposed to be, like, Ahsoka's big moment, but especially for me, because Anakin's probably, like, my favorite character in this series, just because I love what they've done with him. I love Matt Landers voice work on him, and I just love seeing more of him sort of, like, in that peak of his career as a Jedi, like, as sort of the big hero before he goes to the dark side, but he still kind of has some of those dark tendencies and stuff. Um yeah, I just kind of love seeing his development and as they kind of bring in like a little bit more shades of kind of as he gets closer to Revenge of the Sith. But I mean, we hadn't really seen Anakin at all this season, um, except for like a little bit in the Onderon arc and maybe for like a couple episodes in that droid arc. But yeah, he hadn't really gotten any moments to shine this you know, this season so far. And so I love seeing his development in this, uh, in this story arc and you, know, you get to see kind of some of his trademark like anger and rage and frustration at the council and stuff like that so that was cool to see yeah and even though it was short his uh fight with Assad was pretty cool too just how he how he ended it yeah. grabbing her twisting her hand and ended it with a force pull a choke on her he just almost going full on dark side there almost yeah well the the fight with Assad was cool but that fight with Barris, oh man that was that was a good one i mean that that might be I mean, it's, you know, as far as, like, lightsaber choreography and stuff, I don't know if that was quite on the same level as, like, the uh, the Sidious fight or the Maul versus Pre Vizsla. But as far as, like, the environment and, you know, just seeing the two of them fighting through the halls of the Jedi Temple and then when they, you know, jump out the window and you see, like, all the younglings out in yeah, the courtyard was... and you looking up and you see them fighting on top of the temple, that was just some great, like, surrounding scenery and stuff. And then right the uh, the last move at the end of that fight where, you know, he kind of pushes her back and then she goes to, like, jump back at him. And she does like a leap in midair and he, you know, uses the force and just kind of holds her there. And it's like in slow motion, she just kind of stops and he holds her there for a second and then blasts her back into the tree. That was, I don't know, just awesome visuals the way that played out. I thought that was great. Yeah. The whole time that fight was going on, I was sitting there going, really Barris, you, like you're in way over your head. You are not <laughs> yeah. on this level. You don't, you don't even deserve to be fighting Anakin Skywalker. There is only one person who can defeat this this <laughs> amazingly powerful Jedi, and that's Obi Wan Kenobi, right? Like that, we know this. Nobody else could stand up to Anakin. Uh, maybe Mace Windu could have in in a in a true one on one. Maybe Yoda could, but I, I, like I go back to to you know the only one who could have defeated him was was obi-wan and that's where obi-wan has all that guilt right that it was it was his mission it was his oh, something just flew across i uh, it was his job to deal with it i uh, and he and he failed in that respect right so to have bara sophie think that she can stand up to the chosen one he's the flipping <laughs> chosen one i mean come on 
was actually surprised Figure she got a few out. hits in there anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I, and I think part of that was just, you know, from a story standpoint, they're like, we don't want to make this look too easy. Like, it's not going to be an interesting fight if Anakin just, like, totally dominating the whole time. Yeah. I, but I feel that, oh, that Anakin was just toying with her the whole time. Like, that, that he was giving her the opportunity. Like, at no point was Anakin ever in any real danger. Um, he may have been frustrated that he couldn't just put an end to it right away, but at a certain point, he it was like enough is enough. Now, not only have you endangered Ahsoka's life, but there's these younglings here, and you're fighting in front of them, and uh, like I'm I'm done. And so she jumps at him, and he just he just goes, you know what? I don't care if this is something that people are gonna frown upon. I don't care because. Because really, that use of the force, uh, as like, I mean, he does. He force chokes her. That's that's what he does to stop the fight. And I think that use of the force is something that the Jedi look at and they go, "That's not really what we do, right? That's more of a Sith move." Mm-hmm. But that's a moment where where it's like it, enough is enough, and and he just kind of has to do it to end the fight. Yeah, I don't know if you. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I don't know if you guys noticed it, but in the trailers, the season five uh, finale trailer we got earlier, um, it was shown that he had a a blue and a green lightsaber in that yeah. fight. But in this one, he had two blue lightsabers. The only one is out just kind of in the trailer to throw us off exactly who he's yeah. gonna fight. Because in the trailer, I thought, oh, he has a Soka's lightsaber, so something's up with that. But I guess they're just trying to keep it. If we saw two blue lightsabers, you might assume that okay, it's Barris and she has a blue lightsaber too. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know they've they've done that a couple of times in trailers. I've noticed to kind of throw us off the trail, like in. Um... In season four with the Umbara arc, there's a clip from that in the trailer, in that scene where uh, where Krell kind of like tricks the clones into fighting each other, and you've got Rex's guys, and they're just kind of firing into the dark, and you've got like the blue lasers of clone troopers coming back at them, and in the, in the uh, trailer, they were red, so I thought they were fighting battle droids. But uh, yeah, Mike, like you were saying in that fight where, you know, Anakin was just like toying with her or whatever, I don't know that he was necessarily toying with her, but I think he was probably maybe restraining himself a little bit because he didn't want to just kill her. He wanted to like find out what was going on this whole time and like why she set up Ahsoka. Because I was thinking in that moment when, you know, when she jumps at him and he just uses the force to hold her there. I mean, I was like breathless at that point because I was like, oh, what's he going to do next? And I was thinking, is he going to you know, hold her up there with the force and just like stab her in front of all these younglings because he's just so, you know, mad that he, or, you know, that she framed his Padawan and stuff. But then I was like, no, that wouldn't really make sense because then the Jedi Council would be mad at him for killing somebody out of anger and then we wouldn't have found out the whole truth from Barriss anyways and, you know, that wouldn't have really helped Ahsoka. So and maybe he was pulling back just a little bit because he wanted answers more than he wanted revenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matt, are you with us yet? Still no Matt. Okay. Uh, he's still getting stuff figured out. Um let's see. Let me, I think we might have we might have another tweet here. Uh oh we got another one from Sarlacc Pit. Uh I he says, I didn't like that Barris was the one behind it until we get her explanation. I felt it made more sense then. Uh yeah, the that was a little bit of an issue uh, for me. I, that sort of they contradicted themselves themselves within the episode. I don't feel like Barris turned to the dark side at any point in this, but they kind of pointed towards that when when Anakin says you should have gotten rid of the lightsabers, you should have gotten rid of Asajj Ventress's lightsabers, and she says, oh, "I don't know. I think they suit me." Yeah, I was like. Yeah. That so what you're saying is that she's fallen. She's fallen to the dark side. Uh, 
but then later on her speech in front of the the court in front of the chancellor and everybody to me rang a little bit more like she never really did anything wrong uh, in in her mind right i mean definitely killing clones and 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 the jedi in the temple was a wrong thing to do but i think in her head i don't know how she th- i don't know where the logic of like what her end game was in regards to like by doing this she's proving what point i mean all she's doing is being as warlike as they are but uh, her point that that she's that the Jedi are no longer the Jedi, that they've become the villains. And uh, I think, I think what's going on there is there is a sort of a, a, an allegory or an analogy for what happens with Anakin and that Anakin is the only one who doesn't realize that, that they've become everything that they were fighting against the rest of the Jedi. I mean, not the rest of the Jedi, but at least I, the ones that find out um, Obi-Wan, Mace Windu, Kit Fisto, like the council essentially, realize in the moment when they discover that, that Palpatine is the Emperor, that he's the Sith Lord, that they've been fighting for the, for the bad guys the whole time and they didn't even know it and they all go, oh, they wake up to it. Whereas Anakin has it doesn't have that moment because he's so busy with his his own stuff right he doesn't see the galaxy as a whole he just sees his issues with padme in revenge of the sith so i think i think it's really interesting to draw the parallels between that and to show it as as uh, as what they did uh, that that where where barris is saying we have this huge issue in the Jedi Order that everybody thinks that we're the heroes, but we're not heroes anymore. All we are murderers and and war, you know, we're, we're just part of the military, and and uh, and she's against it. And so I, I'm hoping that what we'll see is more Jedi along the same lines, uh, more more Jedi feeling the same as as we uh, go into the next season. Uh, hopefully soon we'll get an actual announcement of a next season, but uh, but yeah, until nice. then it's it's just speculation, right? Yeah. But, um, but well, you know what? I I kind of had a little bit different feeling watching that scene where Barris was like, you know, giving her confession or whatever. Um, I mean, I also thought that like foreshadowed Revenge of the Sith a lot, but I wasn't necessarily thinking about sort of the way the Jedi view themselves. I was thinking about the way the rest of the galaxy and the senate and the republic and everybody views the jedi because you've got you know this jedi standing before the whole i mean i don't know exactly how many people were in that room for the trial but you know you've got palpatine and tarkin and like a lot of the republic and you know seem like a lot of senators and people like that and you've got barris standing there in front of all these important people saying yeah the jedi are evil and we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing and we're weak and we're going to fall apart if we keep going like this and so you know, you can almost hear Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith when he says that, you know, the Jedi are corrupt and they tried to kill me and they tried to overthrow the Republic, but we've dealt with them now and I'm going to, you know, make us an empire to make us stronger. He can, like, point back to this and say, like, look, one of the Jedi said it themselves. Like, I'm not just lying and setting them up. It's like they even feel like they're not worthy anymore, so we got rid of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it... it, it, it 
it's one of those things that reinforces episode three. And uh, that's one of the best things about the Clone Wars is that they've gone on and they've, they've, I don't want to say fixed the problems, but they have. They've fixed the problems. <laughs> uh, they, they've made it a lot more palatable to watch episode three. I mean, when I watch it now, I watch it and I go, yeah, this all makes sense. This all makes perfect sense. Um, whereas the first time, maybe not the first time I saw it, but upon review and thinking about it after having seen it the first time, it was a little bit like, wait a second, Anakin kind of turns really fast. And the... the <laughs> <laughs> there's there's Matt. Can we hear Welcome you, Matt? Welcome, Vega. We've been expecting you. <laughs> we can't hear you if you're talking. Can't tell if you're talking or not because you can't see your mouth moving behind the mask. Yeah. <laughs> you're good to go. Okay. Vader's just giving us hand signals. I. <laughs> so I. Uh, we have one more tweet. I'm going to read this tweet. Uh, this is from Sean Flynn uh, at Sean T Flynn. Uh, he says, "I thought Barris was in Episode Three. How can that be? The Order takes her back." Um, I don't. I I, I. I. I think this is just one of those many continuity issues that that we deal with on a regular basis, uh, where yeah. they kind of they get themselves into a situation. And uh, maybe it's maybe it's just a slightly different character in Episode Three. Who knows? I don't think she is seen in Episode Three, though. I mean, we see Luminara on Kashyyyk, but I don't recall seeing Barris anywhere in the movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Barris is in there because she's in. Um, I still don't have Star Wars on Blu-ray, but I've seen some of the special features on YouTube, and they've got some of like the deleted scenes from Episode Three that aren't actually like full shot scenes, yeah. but they did like animatics for some of them. And there's like an extended or an extended uh, Order sixty six sequence where you see. Um, like more Jedi getting killed, and I think you see you see Barris getting killed like on Felucia. I think she gets like blown up by an ATTE, but that wasn't in the movie, and I don't think you see her in any other parts of the movie. So, um, yeah, I don't think that's a continuity issue because I I think they're smart enough that um, you know when they when they go and um, take something like you know Mandalore that's been in you know, some of the novels and stuff like that, and they change how it is in the series. It's like, that doesn't really affect the movies at all. But I think they're smart enough that they're not going to take characters from the movies and, you know, retcon them in the Clone Wars that they're yeah, totally different definitely. and don't fit with the films. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, all this stuff is coming from George Lucas, so even if he wants to overwrite the EU, he wants his own stuff to match up, I would think. Well, the Star Wars wiki, uh, starwars.wikia.com, shows it's got the stuff about the bombing yeah it's also got a thing about the Coruscant insurrection which was the 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 invasion of Coruscant um and that she fought during that uh and then it's also got her death in order 66 uh which she was apparently on on Felucia with uh with Ayla Secura um yeah. but uh, so I think that it's there's a there's a couple of comic frames that show her getting blown up by an ATT. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was in, yeah, it was in the comic, and like I said, it was a deleted scene from the movie. But I don't think okay. we ever actually see her in the movie. So it, it's yeah. So I, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to just wait and see sort of what comes down there and and what the ultimate fate of that character is. But I uh, yeah. oh well, I'm uh, sure. Matt, are you you're you're here? You're with us finally. Finally, can you hear me? Oh, now we yeah. can. Yep. Good. Good. 
Yeah, I'm here. I'm back. Wow. Just got finished watching the finale. Holy wow. I can't. Uh, they really set it up. I don't know if you guys talked about this, man. Man, the way that went out, it's it's almost like you had the feeling that was the last one, right? A little bit. Um, I mean, I hope it's not, but I felt like if this does end up being the last one, I think it'll be kind of a fitting conclusion. Um, yeah, we, we talked about that a little bit earlier. I said how at least, you know, if, if the show ended on this episode, you know, we still have some loose ends, but at least we have an answer to the big question of why isn't Ahsoka in episode three? We know that now. Yeah. Mike, what did I miss? I, well, I, I think... I think it left more questions unanswered than it than than sort of uh, wrapped up. So I don't think that we're anywhere. I shouldn't say anywhere near. I think we still have a whole season left. Uh, I think I think it would be difficult to say that's the end of the series and then to go on to uh, Revenge of the Sith from here. I, I'd have a hard time with that because first of all. Anakin and Obi-Wan are not in the Outer Rim, <laughs> which is a really important part because, not just because we know that, but because there's actual dialogue about it. Like, it's an important plot point in Revenge of the Sith that Anakin's been gone for at least nine months. At least. At least eight, let's say. Padme is pregnant. Padme is... Well, yeah, yeah, but, several, so, but I think Revenge of the Sith takes place over, like, four or five months, because Padme is not that pregnant when you see her at first, and by the end of the movie... Yeah, she is. Pregnant. She's just hiding it with her clothes. I don't know. Revenge I, of the Sith I think, takes place I think over the course of a week, Kyle. At, no, at the most, didn't. a week. It does not take place over four or five months. That's... It, it, that's uh, that's I ridiculous. Know. I want to go look that up now because I'm pretty sure in the I, I seem to remember maybe it's in the book it says Anakin's been gone for like five months. That's, well, that's in any case, he's been gone for a substantial happened. amount of time, and that hasn't happened yet because he sees her in this episode. So um, I, we talked about it last week on on the podcast. Uh, Matt and I talked about it. Uh, one of our our listeners wrote in. I uh, they possibly that moment could take place somewhere in in uh, the Clovis arc the, yeah the Clovis arc um, and I think I think that that's going to be something that will happen in the series um, that, that it will get at least an allusion to that moment like somebody will sort of reference it um, and I think they one of the reasons why why I I'm sort of lending that a little bit more credence now is because we saw a clip back at Star Wars Celebration of Anakin in his room in the Jedi Temple. And in that clip, uh, Kyle, you can you can remind me of, or, uh, or uh, back me up on this or tell me that I'm completely wrong and I'm remembering it incorrectly. But I think that Obi-Wan comes and he sort of, he infers that, or like he implies that, that he knows about Anakin's relationship. He doesn't flat out say anything, but he sort of, sort of gives the hint that that he knows that that Anakin has attachments to Padme, and you know maybe he, he might not know the extent of it, but he does know that there's a connection there that Anakin needs to be careful of. So yeah, uh, yeah, that he, having that having been in that clip and being part of the Clovis arc, I feel like that's what that arc's going to be about. Is It's going to be about Anakin and Padme. So 
Uh, so we may still see. Like I think that that we still have room to see a bit of that story, um, and then their eventual parting of ways for him to go to the sort of the, to the outer rim. Um, I think what they've set up here at the end of this season, more than anything, is Anakin and Obi Wan leaving for a while, not going to Coruscant, not like like uh, this is one of those things where Anakin's going to be hit really hard by this his emotional state in revenge of the sith is now really heavily informed by the events of this episode and uh, and i think that what we'll see is him uh retreating back into to the war as as a way of um ignoring what's happened with ahsoka and a way of saying like like i'm you know he's he's upset like he's he's visibly shaken at the end of this episode and uh, and and I think as Anakin doesn't really know how to deal with his emotions well, I think what he's going to do is he's going to he's going to take the fight to the Separatists, and he's like we're going to see him inching closer and closer to the dark side as a result of this. I think. Yeah. No. I mean, like I said earlier, I definitely want to see some more kind of Anakin and Obi Wan in big battle situations after this. But, um, yeah, and you were talking about that clip from C6. That That's pretty accurate from what I remember. I mean, I think it was Obi-Wan maybe not directly hinting that he knew something about Anakin and Padme, but he came, like, asking questions about it, like, hey, you know, I know you and Senator Amidala are close, and, you know, just make sure that you're, you know, following the Jedi Code, and, you know, are you sure you're not, like, letting your emotions get too, you know, clouding your, clouding your judgment or anything like that? And Anakin kind of snaps back at him, like, look, I'm a Jedi. I'm not going to do that. You know, mind your own business. Well, uh, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely wish we had gotten to see that arc this season because, uh, I mean, as much as people complain sometimes, and even I complain sometimes about like the politics episodes and how they can be kind of boring. I mean, anytime we get to see Anakin and Padme together, I like seeing that just because, um, you know, we don't get to see their relationship all that often because pa- Padme is always doing Senate stuff and Anakin's always off fighting the war. But, um, you know, those moments when we get to see their relationship together. Plus, it looked like there was going to be some cool action in those episodes, too. I mean, there was some stuff from the trailer with, um, yeah, there was supposed to be, like, some new cool-looking clone commander, and there was some stuff with, like, gunships attacking a Separatist planet, and I think that was all going to be in that arc because we never saw it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus it would have been cool, too, to see, like, this in that clip from the trailer where we see Anakin force-choking Clovis. Yeah. That would have been the first time Anna, Padme would have saw him, like, use the gold, like, have some dark side tendencies there where she's seen it in person. So, yeah. And Ambo's like sitting on his hat. Yeah. That's always cool to see. <laughs> hey, have you guys talked at all about episode seven yet? No. No, we have we've just been talking about the season finale. Okay, well um, check this out. The season finale, you see Ahsoka walking out into the sunlight, right? If we go to Episode 7, which is going to be roughly from the Clone Wars. What are we looking at? Maybe 50, 60 years, something like that? You know, depending on how far they go in 7. What do you guys think? How many years are we looking at between the ending of Ahsoka's arc right here to Episode 7? What What is the projected time frame we're here now? Is it 60 years, maybe? I'd say probably maybe. somewhere between 50 and 60, somewhere around there. Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on where they set Episode 7, because it would be, what, about, like, 25, 30 years between now and Return of the Jedi, so, um, yeah, I think we could probably say about 60. So that one, let's let's put another, whatever, Ahsoka is, 13, 15, whatever, so that's, you know, she would be, let's just say she were to lie, how crazy it would be for them to 
not in a big role, but can you imagine the, the story possibilities bringing her into, because look how big of a character she be, she's become, into episode seven, you know, maybe just as like, hey, here she is, look, this is what happened to her. She made it all the way through the purge. She made it all the way to seven. And uh, I mean, I could just brainstorm on things that she could she could do. Like she could be a uh, she could come back and and be with Luke or something crazy like that. And <laughs> you know, in the in the Jedi training this new Jedi Order or something like that. I mean, the story possibilities, the way they left Ahsoka walking in the sense of, and you kind of have a sense that she said something like, and I only saw this the, the, the finale once. But didn't she say something like, um, "Like this is my choice, like for now"? It made it, it gave the, uh, it implied that she was, this is what she wanted right now. But maybe she just needed time to think. Did you guys get a feeling like that at the very end? Yeah, definitely. It it, it was. Uh, she's she's got to go. We we talked about this a little bit, and and I'm sort of I'm still holding my banner up that she, that her and Asajj are gonna go off on their own. Um, and do their own thing. Uh, I I think you you could be right on target with that. That um, the whole reason they've done this with the character is so that she can logically survive Order sixty six, mm-hmm. and that we could logically see her in Episode seven. Um, I mean, what a tie-in that would be between all this with the Clone Wars and all the way to seven. I mean, what a great tie-in that would be. Uh, and like I said, she doesn't have to be a main character, just like a, a side character, um, something that would just mm-hmm. like bring everything together again. I mean, I thought, I think that would just be kind of cool because at first I wasn't a big fan of hers. I'll be honest, but watching that very end is like, wow, you know, I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, you kind of knew it was coming, but, uh, it's still it was it was it was a pretty powerful scene and and I would think that it would be kind of cool to see her in episode seven in, in some sort. I mean, you can go as crazy as her being a a like I said, Mike, uh, you know, coming back to the Jedi Order somehow and and helping the new order out in some way. But that's all I was saying. I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead, Mike. No, I. Uh, you know what? Actually, we're we're going into our second hour here, so I think that that's a good place to switch from the Clone Wars talk uh, over to uh, talk of Episode Seven because uh, this is this is the front lines saga continues joint Google <laughs> Hangout. So I so let's uh, let's switch over. Let's talk about some Episode Seven. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the sequel trilogy. Let's talk about new movies. Let's talk about the saga continuing. Um, okay. Well, you know, at first I'll just jump off of what Matt said about, you know, Ahsoka possibly being in episode seven. I mean, that would kind of be crazy. And I mean, maybe that's why they've set all this up. But I also kind of just briefly mentioned this at the beginning, kind of jokingly when Tim was saying something and I said, you know, now that they've announced that they're also doing spinoff movies in addition mm-hmm. to, um, you know, just seven, eight, and nine. I mean, how cool would it be to see a... Um, you know, a, a spinoff movie set during the original trilogy, maybe like around the time of the Force Unleashed when Vader's hunting down all these rogue Jedi and Ahsoka comes out of hiding and you see like adult Ahsoka fighting Darth Vader and then maybe she finds out that he's really Anakin or something like that. Um, that's uh, something know, I really want to see. Just That's yeah, what I'm hoping her cool ultimate too. fate is where she finds out Anakin is Darth Vader and just what that does to her mentally. Like, 
the one Jedi she probably last trusted was Anakin, but then she sees that he's fallen too. Like, what's that going to do to her even more when she finds out that he becomes Darth Vader and goes to the dark side? I think that'd be awesome to see. Well, I, I, the more, the more we talk about this now, the more I want to see, um, even if she's just a background character, even if she doesn't have dialogue, but just to, just if they imply that Ahsoka made it through and then. Uh, after the Empire, that she comes out of hiding. Along, like I, I expect that we'll have several Jedi come out of the woodwork post-Return of the Jedi, and I think that'll be an important plot point in the sequel trilogy. It's something that kind of happened every once in a while, actually more often than not, in uh, in in the expanded universe, but it, but they didn't have any basis for it back then. It was always this, like, it was always a really bad writing excuse of like, we need a way to move this story forward in this direction and have Luke do something with Jedi. So let's just say that this Jedi survived the purge, this Jedi survived the clone wars uh, and, and is still around. And let's say this Jedi went into hiding and is still around, and this Jedi is still around, and this Jedi is still around. Um, and, and, but now, with Episode 3 having, having been around for a while, and, I mean, there is a major plot point in that movie of them going back to the Jedi Temple specifically to change the message, specifically to save any Jedi that are still out there that may not be with clones at the time. Um, and I, I think that that looking at it now with episode seven, right around the corner, uh, you can't help but notice that George did that on purpose, that that's not in there as a throwaway line to get them there so that they can see the security recording. And then they know that Anakin is Vader. Uh, that's there to set up the sequel trilogy in case he ever decided to do the sequel trilogy, just like there are lines about the Clone Wars in Episode Four, just in case he ever decides to go back and do Episodes One, Two, and Three. Um, and you can't you have to you have to credit George Lucas for having that for, foresight and forethought to to pepper those things in there. And I think now with Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order, that's moving her into a position to have survived the Purge. Um, whether we see that in a spinoff movie or whether we get hints of that in episode seven, um, the the implication that Ahsoka would at some point have communication with Luke Skywalker, and you know, to talk it to say, you know, I I knew your father, I knew him, I knew him as well as Obi Wan, I knew him as well as anybody. And, and for them to be able to have a conversation about it and for Luke to finally get like, I mean, I, I think that they, the implication at the end of return of the Jedi is that Anakin, Obi-Wan and Yoda are there in the force and that Luke can have a conversation with them anytime that he wants to, right. That he needs to learn how to commune with them. Much like Yoda tells Obi-Wan, I'll teach you how to commune with Qui-Gon. Um, but when he learns that, and he has full conversations with Obi-Wan Kenobi after the guy's been dead for two movies. So um, he would have that connection with Anakin, but I think to talk to somebody else about Anakin in his prime, I, somebody who would have those memories of fighting during the Clone Wars, I think that there's some really cool story 
to tell there. So I hope that that's what we see. Um, well, and not only that, but if Anakin can talk, or if Luke can talk to Anakin's Force Ghost, what if Ahsoka could too? That'd be cool to see too. Yes, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's. I just want to open it back up to everybody watching, uh, and I just want to remind everyone to tweet us uh, at at Clone Wars with the hashtag Frontlines Hangout. Um, what do you guys out there watching want to see in the sequel trilogies or sequel trilogy? And the and the spinoff films. Um, what what sort of what's everybody's biggest thing? And I think we'll go around and we'll all uh, uh, we'll figure out what you guys all all have to say as well. So let's start with let's start with uh, Tim. For me, I would want to see focus on Luke rebuilding the Jedi Order. I kind of hope we see the beginnings of that, but um, it's kind of how we'll find out when exactly it takes place in the time frame. If it's going to be 20 or 30 years after Return of the Jedi, something like that, we'll find out. But I hope we kind of see the struggle kind of Luke's having of building a new Jedi Order and maybe not having it be like the old way the, Je- the Jedi Order was. And that kind of goes back to what you're saying about having Ahsoka in there. I think that'd be really cool. She could kind of be the link between like, this is what you don't kind of want to do in your new Jedi Order, where there are some differences that is going to need to be made. So I kind of want to see the new Jedi Order be formed and how that plays out. But another thing I kind of don't want to see is just more like more Sith rising up or remnants of the Empire. I kind of want to see a brand new threat, kind of something similar to the Yuuzhan Vong in the new Jedi Order series. Just something new where it's not we're not seeing the same old thing of Empire and Sith again. Just a new struggle that the heroes mm-hmm. are going to have to go through. Okay. What about what about you, Matt? Yeah, I see the same thing. Uh... I think that Luke thing in the new Jedi Order is is kind of a, a good way to start. Um, I'll take it back just a minute, and you were talking about Ahsoka. I mean, how cool would that be to have Ahsoka come back? You know, you have the Force Ghost of Anakin going. Yeah, she was she trained under me until she left the Order. Um, you know, talking with with Luke. You know, this is his dad right here talking about. You know, I'm talking about a character from the Clone Wars. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That big bring everything back together kind of thing. I, I just, wow, that's kind of cool to think about. And, 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 but I think Tim's right. Something to do with the, you know, Luke starting maybe a new Jedi. I love that, that picture or some poster somebody did of, um, on Yavin for the temple. And yeah. it was, you know, Luke looking out through the trees, of the temple, like he's just showing up again. Uh, that image was like, wow, that's, that's pretty, that's a pretty cool image. And, a cool idea so something along along those lines um and then we've already talked mike about some of the spin-off stuff we'd like to see but as for episode seven um yeah definitely luke old classic jedi robes um maybe a beard maybe some long hair or something like that you know uh and something to do with the jedi order i think i think that's a good place to start so what about you kyle Mm. Yeah, um, well, kind of the same thing you guys have said with the, uh, you know, I definitely want to see the rise of a new Jedi Order, except maybe we'll just see, um, you know, I don't know if we'll see the beginnings of it, because if this is going to take place, like, you know, maybe 30 years or so after uh, Return of the Jedi, just because, I mean, it would kind of have to just to accommodate for, like, the age of the actors, um, unless they're going to try to, like, digitally make them look younger or something. I mean, Mark Hamill's, like, around 60, so it just kind of naturally makes sense that it would be about 30 years after the Jedi, or after Return of the Jedi. And in that case, you would think that Luke probably wouldn't wait that long to start the new Jedi Order, so, you know, maybe he's already got some Jedi that he's training or something like that. But, I mean, yeah, just to see, like, a new generation of Jedi would be cool. I think one more thing to add, Mike, is also, um, and this goes to more of the, the effects type of thing, I want to see 
this this Jedi and well, they're fighting with Sith now, but the combat that they've shown in these trailers for the Old Republic. I mean, some of the stuff we've seen in the last few episodes, um, the lightsaber fighting that has been that we've seen in the last you know few months, coming from whatever it's games or the show. I want to see him push the envelope with that kind of stuff too. Um, even let's expand on what they did in Episode One with Darth Maul and Ray Park, and you know they pushed the envelope there. I'm ready to for them to take it to the next level and to see some really killer, kick-ass stuff as far as um, you know the Jedi fighting. And, and and that's going to be hard, Tim. I mean, you said without the Sith, that was that's such a great you know dynamic to see them fight together because they both kind of studied the same types of things. How is that going to enter? You know, how how is that going to work in a new trilogy without the Sith anymore? I mean, how how is Jedi fighting going to evolve, and how we how is that going to look? You know, that's the only thing. Like, I think I'm going to miss that Jedi on Sith action if they don't have Sith in the new trilogy, Mike. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a difficult prospect. Um, and and I think J.J. Abrams and Michael Arndt have their jobs cut out for them. Or, or, like it's just it's it's really difficult to think what do you do when you you don't want to go down the same path what what's already been told. Um, I think that the conflict needs to be a little bit less. I like they need to pull it back. They need to bring it back to to the original trilogy. It needs to be a less personal conflict, but more personal stories. I think what what we got with the prequel trilogy was very personal conflicts within a very large scope. Uh, it like really it was Anakin's conflict, but it was sort of against the backdrop of of everything that was happening in the galaxy and everything that sets up the Empire. Um, and I think that there was a real disconnect with the audience because of that. And I think what we need to have is a little bit more of a um, less about the personal conflicts. Because if you look at, at, at episodes four and five particularly, the personal conflicts aren't aren't as important as sort of like the the rebellions conflict overall. But the stories that are happening with the characters are important. So. Like they they don't play up in Empire the fact that that Luke wants to fight Darth Vader because he wants to get revenge for killing Obi Wan, right? Like that that is a subtext that's going on underneath, but it's not right out like sort of in in the front. Whereas I find um, to use Episode Two as an example, the whole conflict is centered around the fact that somebody's trying to assassinate Padme. Right, the whole story of Episode Two is based on that one concept. It's a very personal conflict, and then you're wedging in the personal stories along with that. And I, and I feel like that that was, I it it, it didn't work. It, it works much better in in Episode Four, Five, and Six, where it's like it, there it's the rebellions conflict, and these are these are our three main characters who are caught up in the middle of it. And uh, and and even Empire that kind of takes a slight break from that. It's also it's not really because it's about the the 
the rebellion sort of the it's, I mean it's about the empire striking back that's what the title is um, so I, that's what I want to see in episode seven eight and nine I want to see uh, a bit more of a galactic conflict um, I, I mean honestly more like the Clone Wars the the Clone Wars has done it perfectly because it's a galactic conflict and then we get these individual character stories within that conflict um, and that's what they need to do so they need to figure out a way uh, whether they use the use Mbong or not I don't think they will I think that you can pretty much count out uh, the use Mbong from the continuity moving forward I, I, I think that that was a very um, those are those are characters that that's a story that belongs very much in the books I uh, but I don't think that they would translate well into the movies without changing the tone of Star Wars way too much. Um, the books already had changed the tone of Star Wars, but I mean, the, with the Thrawn trilogy, which was the first major success uh, of the expanded universe, uh, you already had a huge change in the tone of Star Wars with that. Um, and then moving forward, like past that, it, it just kept get becoming more and more its own thing and the books some of the books are great some of the books are excellent and amazing but the new jedi order is a very separate animal from the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy so i think that bringing the yuzan vong would be would be really difficult it would make the movies more mature because the the concept of the yuzan vong them you know like the the sort of masochistic nature of them that's not that's not kid friendly yeah. and as much as a bunch of adults sitting around talking for an hour and 18 minutes about star Wars <laughs> is just as important to the saga as the kids who watched the season finale this morning. What we have to remember at the end of the day is that star Wars is for kids. It's not like, it's cool when they can have stuff in star Wars that appeals to us, but the most important thing in star Wars is that it appeals to the eight year old in all of us. Right, that's why I love Star Wars. I I don't know about you guys, uh, but that's that's really what drives it for me. Is um, I love it when we can get a really cool in-depth storyline, but I kind of on 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 the same wavelength as Matt. You know, like let's take the lightsaber fights and amp them up to the next <laughs> level. Uh, let's do some stuff like that. But let's do it against a really cool story that has a lot of depth and stuff, so that as adults, we can enjoy it, but more importantly, that as eight-year-olds, that we can get into it, right? That we can really get lost in it and and forget where like where we are for a minute and just be in Star Wars. I think that's one of the things that the Clone Wars has done so well, and they need to just carry that through to uh, to this to the sequel trilogies. So for me. More than anything, I, I just, in, especially in the sequel trilogies, trilogies, I just don't want to see the Sith. I, I would like mentions of the Sith. I would like undertones of, of the dark side. Um, and having, having possibly one of Luke's early pupils turn to the dark side could be an interesting thing. I just don't want it to be... Sith because we've done that and it cheapens Anakin's sacrifice at the end of Return of the Jedi and really his arc overall if he doesn't exterminate the Sith not necessarily once and for all but at least for the foreseeable future um, 
at least for this next trilogy. And then we can worry about far-flung stuff and them doing a Star Wars legacy movie down the road once they once they get through all this stuff. But, but that's what I would hope to see. Um, I'm not necessarily against an Imperial Remnant. I think that that could work uh, for providing conflict. But we're looking at 30 years down the road, so theoretically all of those conflicts have been dealt with, and it, it should really be something new. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I, I, I trust... I trust J.J. Abrams, and I trust Michael Arndt, so I'm good with that. And Lawrence Kasdan is going to tell them, that's not Star Wars, don't do that. And George is involved. It's it's all his ideas, so we could be speculating and coming up with all this stuff, and for all we know that in 1976, it was already written down. Like he's <laughs> Like, the stories are already done. They just have to flesh it out and add in dialogue. Like, really, that's, like... It, that's that's how I feel about it, but it's um, all in his yellow yeah. notebook that George Lucas has. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I was gonna say kind of the same thing about the the Sith. How I don't want them to show up again, just because, like you said, it kind of cheapens Anakin's sacrifice in his whole story arc of like destroying the Sith and bringing balance and stuff. But when you talked about, um, you know, maybe having one of Luke's pupils fall to the dark side or something, I was thinking about that. Like you could maybe start with you know, either an Imperial Remnant or, like, some new kind of enemy that they're fighting, and then by the end of the trilogy, maybe have somebody fall to the dark side, and then you can have sort of, like, light side versus dark side, but it's not, like, a Sith Lord, necessarily. But, um, even, I mean, before we jumped into talking about all this lightsaber fight stuff, Matt, you were talking about, you know, having the, the special effects and kind of ramping up the action for that, and I was gonna say, like, I want to see the same thing with the space battles. Um, because in, you know, in the prequel trilogy, we get, you know, some really cool, um, just stuff that they can do with the special effects and the animation and all that kind of stuff. But we never quite get a space battle on the scale of like the battle of Yavin or the battle of Endor. Um, you know, we get a pretty big space battle at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, but the focus isn't really on the battle itself. It's kind of just Anakin and Obi-Wan getting through it to get to the ship and rescue the Chancellor. So I think if we could have, you know, them put, like, that kind of technology and CGI to use and, um, you know, make, like, a really big-scale battle where that's just sort of the focus is, you know, the Rebels or the New Jedi or whoever's the good guys, you know, fighting some big Imperial Remnant fleet or, you know, whatever the new threat's going to be. Um, and, you know, just have, like, a really cool big space battle and, you know, take that kind of stuff to the next level, too. I think that'd be awesome to see. I like what you're saying. What you got too were just saying about like um, Anakin did um, bring balance, but 20, 30 years down the line, yeah, there could be. Uh, you know, there's still force sensitive people out there. There's still, you know, I'm sure force users out there, and um, you know, could they do that? Could like Kyle said, could on Episode Nine a new Sith threat emerge? Um, does that cheapen Anakin's fall? I don't know. After, you know, when we get to episode nine, whatever, whether it's 25, 35 years, whatever. But you could have some type of, like you said, dark force. Um, and that's where you can get your lightsaber on lightsaber action, which is some of the coolest action in the Star Wars saga. Stuff that I love. And maybe that's how you can get that dynamic into these new movies um, without having to Sith, dark stuff, dark side users, whatever it is. Um, I just, I'm, I hope I don't miss that in the new trilogy, miss seeing like we saw with, with, with um, Ray Park bringing this new 
level of action to Star Wars. I hope I don't miss that. That's one thing I'm just kind of wondering how that's going to work. You know, how are they going to do that? How are they going to bring the excitement again without doing a lightsaber on lightsaber action, you know? So, yeah. well, you know, I, I think they're smart enough to know that like that's part of Star Wars and that's one thing that people love and that's probably what a lot of people want to see. So I think we'll get probably some, in some form, maybe not in episode seven, but at some point in the new sequel trilogy, I would assume there would have to be some kind of lightsaber fight or at least some sort of, you know, combat with maybe a lightsaber versus another, you know, I don't know, vibroblade or some kind of weapon that's lightsaber resistant and can have a really cool fight like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, just as long as they're not right off the bat going like, oh, look, there's more Sith, and we're kind of like right back to where we started. As long as it's not like that, I mean, I'm sure they'll find some way to work in some kind of cool combat or lightsaber fight or something like that, because, I mean, everybody wants to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. So uh, let's let's switch away from, from sequel trilogy and sort of what we know, um, and let's talk a little bit about about some of these spinoff ideas. Um, so far, we've heard we've heard rumors of a young Han Solo movie. We've heard rumors of a Yoda movie. We've heard rumors of a Boba Fett movie, and we've heard rumors of a Jabba the Hutt movie of all things. <laughs> um, of those things, why what would you guys like to see the most? Not Jabba the Hutt. We've already heard about, <laughs> and if not any of those, do you have do you have like a a, a movie? And you know what? I'm going to say it right now. Nobody say the old republic because everybody what? wants an old republic movie. And we'll get an old republic movie. Let's talk about something interesting for a change. Okay, well, as well first to, to Kyle. No, well, okay, I don't okay, want to beat the same old drum that we've been beating. That everybody beats on every other thing. Well, look, look. Okay, everybody talks about the old republic, and to be perfectly honest. We'll get it. It's gonna happen. Let's stop. Let's let's think no, no, outside but, the but, box. Let's okay, think about some ideas of other things that we want. But just to clarify, if there's gonna be an old Republic movie, I don't want it to be set during you know the new MMO game that's out right now. I want it to be a little bit before that, like classic first Knights of the Old Republic video game with Darth Revan. That's what I want. That's it. Um, why would they make it? But why would they make a movie about a video game that already told the story? That's a that's a total waste of time. There's there's more to the story than just what's in the game. It could be something before the game. I mean, if, if they do an original story during that time period too, that would be cool. I'm just saying, for me, Darth Revan is like the coolest thing about that time period. So that's what I would okay. Want to see in a but movie. it doesn't work in a movie because the point of Darth Revan is that he's a total blank canvas that you put yourself into. Not in the Old Republic. Yes, in the in the first game, in the first yeah, but no, no, but in the, the new point game, of that character no, but, is that you are that character. That's, that's the why point. he has no dialogue. That's the point in the first game. But then they made a book, and then he shows up in the MMO, and they had to like give him a face and like make an actual defined character so that they could fit him in with the story. If anything has been proven to us over the course of the Clone Wars last five seasons, is that books don't count for <laughs> anything. Okay, well, so, it's, but it's not just the book. It's in the game, too. You see his face. I've met Darth Revan in the Old Republic. You you and the, like, 12 other people that have actually played that much of the Old Republic. I'm pretty sure it's more than 12. <laughs> Anyways, let's get the ideas out there, and let's keep Old Republic off the table, because everybody <laughs> wants Old Republic. We're going to get an Old Republic movie. Just relax. It'll It'll come. Just... I think they'll have to get through the sequel trilogy first. Well, let's talk about that, those ideas that are already out there. Uh, Matt, what do you want to see? 
Okay, I'm gonna tell you what right now, and and we talked about this, Mike, uh, on front lines. I know it was last week or two weeks ago. I think that you're missing a huge, huge opportunity to get Joe Johnson back to the character he created, and like we talked about, get the blessing to get out in out of the Sarlacc pit, and you can tell some crazy crazy stories and you know what check this out you want to put the you want to put the mystery back in to Boba Fett how about this he like you said Mike he comes out of the Sarlacc pit as soon as he comes out he gets killed somebody else takes the helmet puts it on we don't know who it was boom you're back into you're back into that mystery again you're back into who's his character I know that you kind of Someone told that to me, and it was kind of intriguing. Like, wow, you know, to start the movie like that, he climbs out, he gets out, boom, he's dead. Somebody else dons it, dons the character, and then you're back off uh, again with the new Boba Fett. I, I heard that, and I go, wow, that's kind of interesting. I don't know, but but just just getting him out of the Sarlacc pit opens up this giant opportunity to tell some great stories. Everybody wanted him out. You know, they always, of course, we all thought he went out like a punk. You know the whole the whole line we've heard many times, um, but that's that's the biggest opportunity you have. And you talk about a fan doing service to the fans. Wow! And give it to Joe Johnson. He wants to do it. That's his character. He created it. Run with it. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest opportunity you can get. What what if what if you did it this way, where the movie starts in Jabba's palace, and it starts with Boba Fett waking up that morning. The actual Boba Fett, like Tamora Morrison, without the helmet or anything, waking up with the two girls that he was with because they weren't on the sail barge, right? Like the ones that he's the 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 dancer girls that he's talking to in Return of the Jedi. Oh, right. He wakes up and his armor's gone, and somebody's stolen it, and it's like he's and he's just got to start from scratch, and he's just like oh, so Boba Fett didn't actually die that day. Hey, <laughs> some other guy, and and you could. You could make a. You could call the guy Jaster Mareel. You could. Um, Jodo Cast. <laughs> yeah, Jodo Cast was the guy in the comics, because they've done it before. Where it's like, because it is a dude in a helmet. It could be anybody. And if you have a helmet, if you look like Boba Fett, you could say that you're Boba Fett. And Jodo Cast made an entire career out of it. So That's true. I think I think that there's so much. There's there's a lot of fun things that you could do with Boba Fett that I. Of all of the characters, of all of the things that have been floated, um, I don't want to see a Han Solo movie because there's just too much that you could do wrong. Um, but I do want to see... I want to see a feature-length Boba Fett movie starring Tamura Morrison as Boba Fett. And like, if they did it with anybody else, I would be annoyed. <laughs> yeah. Because he's such a great actor and he deserves that opportunity. He he did a great job as Django, and I think that he really gets undersold. Um, I think he's one of the best parts of episode two. Uh, the, the whole, the conflict between him and Obi-Wan is so great. It's just, it's so perfectly done in every one of their encounters that they, to not just give him the full movie to show off that, that he is Boba Fett, that he's Django and he's Boba and he's everything and he's all the clones and all that stuff. Like I, I think that there's a great opportunity there. 
And if they do it now, like if they strike while the iron's hot, he's still young enough now to pull it off. And and uh, and you only need him for the dialogue stuff. A lot of the time, he's got the helmet on, and you can use CG to make Boba Fett do whatever you want. But I want to see Boba Fett doing some of the stuff that we've seen the Mandalorians do on on the Clone Wars. I mean, oh heck yeah, uh, flying around on jetpacks and. And doing their their thing and and just being full on bounty hunters. I mean, if if we could see Boba Fett in a fight as intense as Pre Vizsla and Darth Maul, then that's a movie worth making, and that's 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 well worth a twenty dollar ticket to the movie theater, in my opinion. And that would certainly explain him uh, his ineptness on the steel barge. You know, when you're talking about someone else taking his stuff. I mean. <laughs> you could really explain to the fans like, hey, it wasn't the real Boba Fett. It was some dude that couldn't figure out how to fly the jetpack. Or not fly the jetpack, but it would explain his his going out like he did. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting uh, interesting idea. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, Mike's giving me crap for wanting an Old Republic movie and saying, like, don't worry, they're going to do it. For me, the Boba Fett movie is, like, the most obvious one. That's the one that I hear people talk about all the time. I'm like, if they're going to do any of the, you know, any spinoffs of, like, separate characters, I think that's the first one that they're going to do because, I mean, you already have Joe Johnson who's talked about wanting to do one. You already have a lot of fans who want to see Boba Fett come out of the Sarlacc pit and do more stuff. Um, but, I mean, I'd like to see it, too. I think that would be cool. And I think it would be really cool if we maybe got a movie about him that was, like, set during the original trilogy and, like, all happened before Return of the Jedi, and it could just be kind of, like, some side story about, you know, him and Bosk doing some mission for Vader or something with, you know, some new characters we maybe didn't see during that time period. And then you go kind of like what with Marvel's been doing with the Avengers movies, and you could have, you know, an end credit sequence where, or, you know, something like after the credits where, like, we already know what happens to him in Return of the Jedi. You could just cut to a shot of the desert and, you know, like an explosion in the Sarlacc pit and him flying out of it and then have him show up. Like, if they do that movie, like, after Episode 7, then, um, you know, then you could have him show up in Episode, like, 8 or 9 after showing that he gets out of the Sarlacc pit and we kind of fast forward to, like, an old bull with that. I think that would be kind of cool. What about you, Tim? What, what's your uh, What's your dream Star Wars spinoff? Well, for the ones that are kind of rumored right now, between like Yoda, Boa Fett, and Han Solo, I know it's kind of split amongst fans if they want to see this, but I actually really would want to see a standalone Yoda movie. Just for the fact that... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> more green lightsaber action, yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm actually someone who wants to see more of him as a young Jedi, maybe as a Padawan or showing him in his master, kind of showing how he got, got to become the Jedi master that we all know and love in the movies. I know some... Fans are saying they don't want to know too much about him, like where he came from, what species he is. I mean, that could also be a mystery, but I still wanted to see his early days as a Jedi, just to kind of see him at his prime. I think it would be awesome. But um, as far as yeah, like, only only if Hu Yang shows up, that would be cool. Yeah, <laughs> and he has to be voiced by David Tennant. Yeah. <laughs> you got that to go get my lightsabers now. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, seeing Hu Yang show up again, that would be cool. I thought he was a great character. Yeah, to see that story that he says <laughs> that he was going to tell Oh, everybody. yeah, yeah, and he's like, this was almost as interesting as the Time Mouse. Yeah. He would have found his lightsaber in Obi-Wan. It's like, yeah, not now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for the spinoff movie. <laughs> yeah. But another so character let's, that... Uh, let's, uh, let's sort of 
we got we got let's say about half an hour left. We'll we'll wrap this up at one. And uh, I, one thing that I want to talk about is this potential end of the Clone Wars. And uh, we did we got a tweet. I uh, we got a tweet from Aaron Ultimus, who has been a long time listener, uh, and he asked, uh, since it seems the Clone Wars is close to ending, do you guys have any plans for a new podcast? Um, so if the Clone Wars is over, let's say let's say that it's over, or let's say that we get the announcement that the next season is going to be the last season. I uh, what 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 does that what does that mean to you guys? Like, how do you feel about that? Are are you cool with that? Like, does anybody feel like that's good? It's had a good run. Like, it's time to sign off and and start something new. Or uh, or do you want the Clone Wars to run on in perpetuity forever and be the longest running animated television show of all time? Uh, start with you, Matt. Yeah, I think that. Like I said earlier when I first came on, just the way this ended, I think if this is the end, it was a good ending. Uh, I think I tweeted that too. I thought it was a great ending, a way, a good way to go out. And um, if that is the way, I'm happy with it. I'm happy that that's the way they kind of close it out. Like this is what happened to Ahsoka. Um, a few more months and we get to Revenge of the Sith. So I thought it was, it just, that's why I got the feeling that that was it. Especially at the end. They did credits for like everything, and and the very end it said you know produced and directed by George Lucas, and I don't think I've seen that before on an episode where they did that whole thing, and then uh, credits for everybody that's involved in the show, and I just got the feeling like wow, I feel like I just watched the end of the movie or something, mm-hmm. um, and that's another reason I think is this it you know, but but of course they have all the stuff for season six that we've heard about episodes that are done. That they didn't play this year, so I don't know, man. I I think it's fine. If this is it, I'll be happy with that. Uh, I'll be bummed because you know I, I love watching the show. I love talking about it on front lines. And uh, but I did think that that was a good way, a great season finale, the best season finale we've gotten. Um, and if this is it, I, I'm happy with it. I'll be uh, upset, you know. It's like I love doing front lines. I want to do it for a few more years. But I'll be happy with this ending if this is it. Mm-hmm. Kyle, what about you? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I would like to see more of it. Um, I mean, you know, sometimes Dave Filoni gets interviewed and they ask him, like, how long the show is going to run. And he's like, we'll keep making it as long as people keep watching it. And I'm like, well, don't do that because I'll keep watching it as long as you keep making it. But I want you to wrap <laughs> it up at some point because, I mean, part of, part of the uh, – as part of what intrigues me about the show as a fan is, you know, I like seeing the new stories and the new characters and stuff, but I also like seeing the things that kind of show us that they're getting closer to Revenge of the Sith. And I want to see like when we finally get there, how are they going to tie it in? And, you know, I mean, now we know, we don't know exactly what happens to Ahsoka, but we know why she's not Revenge of the Sith. And you still got other characters like Rex and Cad Bane and people like that. We want to see what happens to. Um, and of course now you've got Darth Maul out there too. Um, yeah, that's a big one right there. So, so I, I would like to see maybe like one or two more seasons. But kind of like you were saying, Matt, if this is if this does end up being the last season, um, I'm at least glad that it went out on a high note. That um, you know we got sort of a wrap up of Ahsoka's big character arc, um, and that you know like like you were saying with the with the music and everything too. I mean, I think the credits were kind of the same as they always were. It's just that the music was different. It didn't cut to you know sort of like that big Star Wars ending theme. It just sort of 
like the the sort of quiet, sad music from the last moment of the episode just kind of continued on into the credits, and it it almost felt like, oh, if this is going to be a season finale, like this kind of, or, you know, a series finale, it's like this kind of feels like it. Um, so, yeah, I guess if if this does end up being the last season, I'll be disappointed because there's more stuff that I want to see, but I won't be disappointed with the way it ended because I think it, you know, they definitely ended the season on a on a really good way to wrap it up. I think, you know, like I said uh, earlier, kind of the only things left sort of on my wish list of things that I want to see is just kind of some more uh, big battles and some cool action stuff. And like I said, we haven't really gotten a big, huge, full-scale space battle yet. I really want to see that. Um, I do think they are, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're working on a season six, though. I don't know if they've directly announced that, but we've heard them hint about more future stuff. I mean, especially, like, recently, Dave Filoni and Sam Witwer have talked about, like, more stuff coming up with Darth Maul, and even with the, uh, like, the droid arc earlier this season with the clone commander, or the clone commando, Gregor, um, like, Dave Filoni kind of hinted that, oh, you know, he might not be dead, you know, he says he'll come back, and he made a promise, and we might see him come back later, so I do think they're working on more stuff, and if it does, you know, if this is the last season, it's not because they just decided to wrap it up, I think it'll be, you know, only like if Disney cancels it out of left field or something like that. So I mean, we'll we'll just have to see how it goes. But you know, there like I said, there's there's some stuff I'd still like to see, and I definitely would hope to see another season or two. But I think uh, I, I I could be happy with this if we had to settle for this being the finale. Tim, how do you feel about it? Yeah, my big thing is that I wanted to end on how George Lucas and Dave Filoni intended it to end. If I'd have a big problem if this was it and there are episodes from season six sitting there that we're not going to see, I'd be really disappointed. But if then again, if season six is intended to be the last season by George and Dave Filoni and they have the last episode all mopped out how it's going to lead into Revenge of the Sith, then I'm all for season six being the last season of the Clone Wars. But I just want to really want to see those episodes that they made and have planned for us is how everything was going to wrap up. I mean, I think it'd be a real just a real shame if we never got to see the finale of the Clone Wars that George Lucas and Dave Filoni intended us to see. To me, it'd almost be as bad as like George Lucas did episode one and two, but then he never did episode three and we never got that link between the prequel trilogy and the classic trilogy. So I just hope it does end on the way George Lucas and Dave Filoni intended. So that's my big thing. Yeah, there's still a lot of, um, not a lot, but there's, like you said, Kyle, we still got Darth Maul out there. Mm -hmm. And that leads me to believe that there is like you said, Tim, maybe this is not the way that it was mapped out for Lucas when he first started this and Dave Filoni, and they were forced into this final uh, episode just to at least tie Ahsoka up, if this is the end. But yeah, you got Darth Maul laying out there. Um, Captain Rex, another one of the big characters that you know, I'm kind of wondering you know, what happens with him. Uh, and then, of course, Cad Bane and the rest of the minor characters, um, maybe some kind of a uh, a finish up to their story, but um, yeah, I don't know. And you brought up Darth Maul. Would you? Would anybody be? You think it's pushing it too far to see him somehow in the sequel trilogy? Is that pushing it a little too far, Mike? Yeah, I don't think I don't think that seeing Darth Maul that far into the future, like I think that would. That's jumping the shark a little bit. It would no. I think it would confuse a lot of the audience. It would make sense to us because we've been watching the Clone Wars and we've been following it and we know we know what happened. We know the whole story of how he came back and why he has robot legs and why he, you know, uh, all the things. 
But I think for the general audience to suddenly have Darth Maul come back, I think that people you would have a lot of people sitting there going, that doesn't make any sense. He got cut in half. He's dead. Why is he back, right? It was difficult enough for us, and I think that we've all come to terms with it, and we're all good with it now. But we've seen the story, right? If you haven't seen the story and you're just expected to believe that Darth Maul is still around, uh, I think that's a hard pill to swallow. But um, I do think that there's a lot of loose ends. I do think that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that they still need to deal with before we can call this series finished. Yeah. I do think that it's about 22 episodes worth of content. So I I think that season six is going to be the last season. Personally, I want season six to be the last season. Um, the show has been awesome. The show continues to get better and better and better. But at a certain point, it's it's time to move on from that story and move on to something else. Uh, my guess is that they'll probably wrap it up with one more season. I'd like to see that last season on the on Cartoon Network. We're not going to. Uh, more than likely, I mean, with the exception of something ridiculous happening and them coming out and announcing it, we're not going to get it. They've essentially already said that it's not happening. But I, but at least getting that final season, or at least getting a movie or two, uh, a theatrical release or two, maybe not necessarily theatrical re- release, but uh, some sort of a release to wrap up the story, to let us know where some of these characters are. Uh, I really need closure on the Obi-Wan Maul thing. Uh, her, him killing Satine. Yeah. That really, like, that's a that's a huge thread that's left for me that they have to wrap up. So that's one arc for next season. Uh, Anakin and Padme, as we talked about, that's another arc for next season. Uh, Ahsoka and Asajj Ventress is my my dream for for an arc for next season. And I, I, Anakin and Obi Wan in the Outer Rim sieges, uh, and I mean that could be that could be tied into the Darth Maul thing. Uh, Darth Maul could be, you know, in the Outer Rim causing all sorts of chaos, and uh, working with the Separatists. And now Anakin and Obi Wan have to go out there. And so when Obi Wan shows up at the beginning of Episode Three, and <laughs> and uh, the Chancellor goes, "Are you going to be all right? Like, uh, can can you handle him?" And they go, "Sith Lords are our speciality." I uh, that he'll actually be talking about something real. They'll have actually managed to kill a Sith Lord because um, so far. Mm, they haven't done it. <laughs> like as far as episode three is concerned, uh, especially with Darth Maul having come back from the dead, Sith lords are most definitely not their specialty. <laughs> uh, if well, anybody, at, least, I mean, they, at least they have more experience, though. Yeah, it, has, it hasn't been. It hasn't been since episode. Face them. Yeah, it's like it hasn't been since season two when they fought, or since episode two when they fought Dooku. It's like they've fought Dooku and Ventress and Savage and Darth Maul like multiple times now. But yeah, you know. But when when you were talking about seeing Darth Maul come back in episode seven too, I think the other problem that I would have with that, especially if the se- if the season just or you know if the series just ended now, it's like even though we as fans of the Clone Wars know like how he came back and we're okay with that now, it's like, but we really expect that you know he was 
I mean, at the end of the Mandalore arc, we see, you know, Sidious kind of like using him as a pawn again. And we're like, okay, well, the Emperor died in Return of the Jedi. And, you know, did he just like have Maul sitting in a cage that whole time? And now, you know, Sidious is dead and Maul's free. Like, I think we got to see something happen to Maul before that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and I think we will. I think we'll see that. Um, but like I said, you know, there's, there's about three or four arcs there. I, and let's assume at four episodes apiece, we're talking about 16 episodes already. Um, mm. We know we have three episodes left from this season that need to find their place yeah. somewhere. So that's well, yeah, three I mean, episodes. So all they need is three more episodes, and they have a whole season. I mean, I, I pretty much just wrote their whole season for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, no I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they can cut a deal that maybe gets the next season be 25 episodes, so they can do like their full 22 plus the three that they missed from this season. Mm. But um, and then I mean, a couple of maybe just sort of fan favorite things that I'd like to see. Um, is, like, a Republic Commando arc. Because Dave Filoni has hinted at that, too. He said, like, this season we were going to get just one episode about a Commando and that, you know, next season or in future seasons we might eventually get, like, a whole story arc about a whole team of Commandos on some really cool mission. Um, and then also we got to see Boba Fett get Slave 1 back from Hondo and maybe, you know, put on a Mandalorian helmet or something. Yeah, that's another thing Dave Filoni's hinted at, too, seeing Boba Fett make that, take that final step into the armor. yeah. He said before, like, we won't see that in season five, but, you know, maybe in the future seasons we will. So that's another thing that you sent to that. That'd be great to see. Okay, so there's your other three-episode arc, <laughs> and that's that's only two episodes. There you go. Season's done. We don't even need to watch next season. We just, <laughs> we just experienced it all right now uh, in the last little bit. So um, one thing that, that I want to see, uh, if, if they are, in fact, done with the Clone Wars, and I think that we might see, is... Uh, Clone Wars wrapping up with one more season and then an announcement that they're going to take all of the skill, all of the knowledge, everything that they've done, and they're going to tell the story between episode six and episode seven. And then mm -hmm. leading up to episode seven, that we'll start to get that. Um, that, that that's cool. a bit of a pipe dream and maybe they don't have time for that. 2015 is not that far away anymore. Um, mm -hmm. we're, we're coming up on two years. I... For, assuming that the movie releases in May, which it more than likely will, um, but either either shortly before Episode Seven comes out or shortly after Episode Seven comes out, I expect to see something telling the story of Luke, Leia, and Han between sagas, but between trilogies. Um, I think they'd be silly not to do it. And I've said, I, I, before Episode 7 was even announced, I had said that I would love to see them wrap up the Clone Wars, take everything that they've learned, and do a series with the classic trilogy characters. I think what they've proven with the Clone Wars is that you can have other actors step into the voices and make them their own and do their own thing. And it doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be those original actors. Um... Matt Lanter has made Anakin Skywalker completely his own. And in this season finale, we saw some of the best Anakin Skywalker that we've ever seen in Star Wars. So the idea that somebody else could come in and be Han Solo, I find much more palatable if it's an animated Han Solo than if it's an actual live-action Han Solo. Uh, if yeah. it's a different actress stepping into it. So so I hope to see something like that. If something like that happens, uh, I can 
tell you that more than likely Matt and I would have a conversation at least <laughs> about a, about a new podcast uh, or about continuing under the front lines name and uh, and and uh, c- continuing to 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 talk to you guys. So whether the Clone Wars is over or not, I can tell you that you definitely haven't heard the last from us uh, on the Star Wars front. I know that Kyle and Tim, you guys have the saga continues, which people can uh, they can they can find on the Frontlines feed. All they got to mm-hmm. do is subscribe to Frontlines on iTunes, and they'll get those episodes. But you guys have your own Facebook page, your own Twitter account, your own your own iTunes feed. Uh, do you guys want to plug those right now? Yeah, well, I mean, I was just going to say, even if Clone Wars ends, we're not going anywhere because we yeah. still got the new movies and stuff to talk about. The saga still continues. Um, and, I mean, that kind of would be cool, if, like you were saying, if they did another animated series. I mean, we've talked on our show before about how it would kind of be good if they wrapped up the Clone Wars before Episode Seven comes out just because, um, you know, it's like that's, that's sort of tying in with the prequel trilogy and now we're moving on to a new era of Star Wars, so... It's like you, you don't want to like go to the theater and watch episode seven and then go back home and you know turn on the TV and watch the cartoon that takes place in between episodes two and three. It's like, um, you know, I, th- I think that would just be a, a good natural breaking point for them to yeah. cut it off before then so we can just kind of move on to the next set of stories. Um, and you know, like you were saying, if they did do a, a new series telling the story in between episode six and seven, I mean, you could have new actors come in or at least for Luke Skywalker, you know, Mark Hamill, we already know, is an accomplished voice actor too, doing the Joker and everything, so. Um, I mean, that that would be cool to see. It's interesting. I mean, I'm kind of more focused on just the new movies right now, so we'll see where it goes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, people can check us out on Facebook, on our Twitter page. Um, it's uh, at Star Wars TSC on Twitter and on Facebook. You can just look up uh, Star Wars The Saga Continues. Um, we haven't done a new episode in a while just because there hasn't been any new, like, big news announced recently or anything. But, you know, we're always listening out for rumors and that kind of thing and posting on our Facebook page and on our Twitter feed and stuff like that. So yeah, Tim, anything you want to add about that? No, yeah, you pretty much got it covered. Just keep checking us out on Twitter. Like, like you said, even the small little news that may happen, you'll probably see it on our Twitter feed and Facebook page. So keep checking those out. Yeah. I guess one thing I could add now, I mean, this is something I've been kind of floating around the idea of maybe doing an episode just because this is the only thing we've really had substantial lately. Um, I was like, I can just mention it on here. We had an interview with, uh, or I mean, it wasn't one that we did, but there was an interview that came out recently with Mark Hamill where he was talking about some of his thoughts of the, um, you know, the sequel trilogy and all that kind of stuff. And he talked about him coming back and the other actors coming back. And one thing that he said that, um, you know, maybe we hadn't heard before, he said they were, you know, they hadn't like officially signed anybody to contracts or anything, but that Lucasfilm was talking with him and Harrison and Carrie and everybody. Um, and he also said that George Lucas told him specifically that if any of them didn't come back, like if any of them didn't want to come back from the movie, they weren't going to just recast their part. They were just going to write him out of the movie because George doesn't want to have anybody else like play those classic roles. So I was like, I think that's the first time we've heard any sort of official confirmation on that. So that was pretty much the only news thing that I heard lately. Which would be a smart move too yeah. if they did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was going to say if they were if they were going to do a movie that took place only maybe like ten years after Return of the Jedi, and they needed some younger actors and were going to recast everybody, that would be one thing. But it's like if you're going to have one or two of the older actors come back, you got to have all of them in there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, I, I'm going to read one last tweet because it's kind of uh, related to what we were just saying. Uh, Jimmy and GA says. If all else fails, it would be nice if they took the live-action series scripts and made a new cartoon series. I think that's a really good idea. I, I think, uh, it, you know, with movies coming out, 
the live action series is most definitely shelved for the next little while. Um, and, but that would be a great opportunity for them to take what they've learned with the Clone Wars and, and to do that. But I'd also rather see something in the newer, the, uh, what, what will be the sequel trilogy era, um, or at least bridging the gap there. But I, but that's going to about do it for us. So I'm just going to, uh, we'll just wrap it up here. I, you can, you can follow, uh, Clone Wars, or sorry, not Clone Wars, but Frontlines on Twitter. It's at Clone Wars. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. And, uh, and you can find our site at clonewarspodcast.com. And uh, I, let's, uh, you know, we don't do this very often, but let's give our, let's give our personal Twitter handles out. Uh, mine is at ArcWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Uh, so you can, you can find me and talk to me there. Uh, Matt? At the Crankster. Yes, there you go. T-H-E. And I'm not a Crankster, by the way. <laughs> at the crankster man and i also do the sarlacc pit podcast with chris um we usually pick topics and and give our top fives and this and that and uh just have a good time having different uh, guests on so we're over there too but uh hopefully some one of these days we'll find something for me and mike to jump back on again <laughs> <laughs> if this is the end if yeah <laughs> kyle yeah, uh, mine is uh, at Slim Avery on Twitter. Um, just all one word, S-L-I-M-A-V-E-R-Y. Cool. And Tim? Mine is at TimG311. So if you want to see any tweets about Star Wars, comics, and music, all that stuff, you can go out and follow me there. Cool. Yeah, I should probably add that I don't tweet much. <laughs> I, 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 let Tim, I, I usually let Tim handle most of the Twitter stuff for our podcast because I'm just yeah. not on there all that much anyways. I'll go on like once every couple of weeks and like tweet all day and then disappear again for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and then just crawl back into, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, I I feel like this was a really successful first Google Hangout. This was definitely more successful than our first live show. This <laughs> <laughs> did not go well at all if anybody was watching back then. Uh, I think I, I might have tried to. I'm not you sure. might still be able to find that. Oh, that was not a good time. That was very difficult. I... <laughs> uh, um, but I stay tuned. We will have I will have our regular episode up sometime in the coming week uh, with Matt and I talking about the the season finale in more depth with our regular sort of play by play. I but I other than that. I stay tuned. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hopefully you're watching this on our YouTube channel. If not, it's youtube.com slash frontlines podcast. Uh, and, uh, and, and stay tuned to all of our other sources. So we're going to do some, hopefully do some stuff like this in the future. Um, yeah. But the season's over. So <laughs> we'll have to figure out something else to talk about in regards to Clone Wars. But I uh, but thanks everybody for tuning in. Thank you to everybody who watched us live, uh, all eight or so of you uh, that, mm-hmm. that tuned in. That really means a lot to us. So uh, thank you to everybody who tweeted, uh, and uh, and we'll we'll catch you guys on the next episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, and or the next episode of Star Wars: The Saga Continues. So thanks for listening, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys later. Still Kyle right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working. Your powers are weak, old man.
Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.